0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: This is Roots and Shoots, gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Especially, Mark Tuchek, when it normally says Sabrina I know We even had the right one ready to go to, you know, welcome you into the fold I feel better
2: now Yeah, thank you.
1: I'm I'm glad too, a bit of a brain fade Probably too much excitement in the last half hour of uh, Saturday brekkie here in Perth And then you and I gibbering away through the whole
2: news Knowing I was coming Yeah,
1: exactly, all of that excitement, I just wasn't quite prepared So welcome to our regional listeners joining me for the first time today And uh, Mark Tuchek is back in the studio because Sabrina Hahn's off gallivanting again. She so,
2: gallivants a lot. Yeah. Yep. You know,
1: taking people on guided tours that she says go to gardens, but we all know to go to vineyards. And <laughs>
2: That's right. You know. Any excuse to yeah. kind of <laughs> bypass and you know go to a vineyard.
1: Uh, how's your week been?
2: Really good. Really busy. So um, uh, as I was explaining before, I went up to Karagarup, which is Kings mm. Park, and I was part of the yarning circle up there with nice. Rikita Wally and Cyril Yaron. Mm-hmm. And we just had a chat. It was a really nice chat. Beautiful weather and uh, everyone should get up there and smell the baronias. You know, it's a fantastic spot.
1: Plenty of wildflowers up at Kings Park.
2: Really. They do do such an amazing job Mm. and uh, they're just expanding it all the time. You know, this little area that we had it uh, was down the track from that – DNA, you know, the, the stairs Yeah, DNA Tower, yeah, yeah. And I didn't even know it was there, so it was yeah, actually okay. uh, a good spot. I discovered it myself.
1: There's always new places to explore up there. Um, let's get into it because we've got calls banking up to talk to you already, Mark. 1300 222 720. And we've got Cynthia from Open Gardens on the line, so she can kick us off and let us know where the Open Gardens are this weekend. Hey, Cynthia. Good morning, we have two fabulous gardens this weekend and the first one
3: is um, Felicity's Garden at 613 Cockleydale Road in Gidjiganna and this is a large garden on a farm so you know what farm gardens are like, they just keep growing and um, it's also got an olive grove so they produce their own olive oil and beautiful ducker which will be on sale yeah. today. Yeah, and uh, the most stunning feature in this garden, I think, today will be the wisteria because Penny has got the biggest wisteria covered patio and pergola, and the perfume is just delightful. So that will be looking beautiful. Um,
1: they've what, got the road. What road was co- that? Sorry again. i got 613, oh. but what was the road name, Cynthia? Copleydale Road. Copleydale, beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And did you
3: go? Um, They've got the Rotary Club will be doing the catering there today. So there's sausage sizzle and all sorts of things there and they will be raising money for the Rotary Club today. I believe that Tim Eva has got a tree planting demo and talk on. Uh, they've got the local uh, OMG... Uh, Gin Distillery having uh, Gin tastings I think if you've had a few you might be saying Oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) Yeah Uh, They've also got um, someone Playing the guitar And Denise will have plants For sale today only Um, She's got lots of cottage Plants and is quite well known There's also a quilt display Along the tennis court um, Fence from local um, Quilters And the cute thing about this garden is that um, they've got a hobbit house for the kids. And um, Jim, when they first bought the uh, property, there was a little swimming pool at the back um, um, garden, and that wasn't quite what they wanted. So he dug it out, turned it upside down, banged a few holes in it for windows and a door. And it's like being in a cave. It's really cute. They even got its own little picket fence so yeah, I love that, that will be absolutely gorgeous. Yeah the kids will love it. Um there's no um what was I gonna say no no dogs allowed, sorry. Okay. Because yep. it's a farm. And on Sunday we have got Rosie's garden and I was there yesterday and honestly it's looking absolutely gorgeous. There's flowers from the back fence the front verge it's absolutely beautiful they'll be um raising money for beyond blue and there'll be plant sales there but there'll be no credit card facility because we only have one credit card and that will be at um uh, felicity's garden so if they need to bring um cash for rosie's garden yeah and what's the address for
1: rosie's garden cynthia (laughs)
3: That's 35 Scrivener Street in Halls Head, which, of course, is Mandra area. Yep. Yeah, so that will be fabulous.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. Nice to chat to you again. Thank you. That's Cynthia there from Open Gardens, so an option there in up today and Halls Head tomorrow.
2: What a great thing to do on the weekend. Oh, yeah. And on the way up to up, get out into the, uh, the bush, mm-hmm. and uh, there's lots of little local uh, orchids flowering, and the, the bush is alive at the moment, so... Oh. Welcome to Cam- Camberang, so that's yeah, season absolutely.
1: Yeah. All right, Paul has given us a call. Good morning, Paul. Just good morning, Rolana and, and Mark. Um, I called a while ago about my mango tree with the black tips and all that, and Sabrina said to cut them off. But um, as you'll see with the email that I've just sent through, mm-hmm. the, some of the leaves
4: are actually going, well, yucky, like dark. Yeah. Brown that are dying
1: and all that, yes. and I'm just wondering if you may know what
2: that is from or caused by. Yes, yes. Unfortunately, you've got uh, that's an anthracnose, which is a fungal disease. It gets stuck into the uh, the mango uh, new growth, and it's a combination of um, yeah being wet when a lot of the the, uh, the foliage is kind of emerging and it's soft, and so you'll need to use. There's a couple of sprays you can use, like a copper-based spray. Um, you will need to try and trim off as, as much of that really dead stuff as you can and yep. give it a copper spray. I think there's another mancozeb spray, which is suitable for anthracnose. But, um, yeah, try and – I know it's difficult now with the rain, but, uh, yeah, having the, the, the rain off the foliage when it's emerging like this is um, – <laughs> it, it's, it's tricky, but it, yeah, you can be lucky and unlucky for it, unfortunately. So
1: remove those yeah. leaves? <clears throat>
2: remove those leaves. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I've, re- I've removed the leaves, so, um, you're, you're thinking, uh, in nose? is that what you call it? Yes. And threchnose and copper spray. So, no, thank you very much. I'll I'll go and write them down right now. Beautiful, Paul. Thanks Thanks. very much. Thanks for giving us a call. Just a reminder, of course, if you can't write things down at the time, um, the show does stay up for a week on our website. So um, you can listen to the show and then later on today when you're in the garden or tomorrow when you're heading off to a nursery or a hardware store and need to grab something, you can always listen back. Or the podcast, of course. Um, if you're clever enough to, to do the podcast thing, then uh, Roots and Shoots has its own podcast as well and you can listen back. And that, of course, the podcast does stay around for much longer uh, on the website, abc.net.au slash Perth. We're only up for a week, but on the podcasts, um, you can go back through, goodness me, a, a long way back <laughs> to on. listen to previous episodes to help you um, navigate some of these problems and... Rehear the solutions that you've been offered. Let's head to Julie. She's in Bull Creek. Hey, Julie. Hello. Hello. Oh, uh, Mark, is it? Yes. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Look, I've,
4: I live in Bull Creek and I've just transplanted, well, not just, in late August, I transplanted three rose bushes now they're still alive and i was so thrilled the little shoots appeared but they're all stunted the 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 leaves you know they're not proper it's just little 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 things growing but it's not they're not happy
2: oh, um, well it could be uh see chili thrips are actually waking up now too oh they, yeah mm, and they get stuck into the new growth and there's such a Yes, uh, they have got um, they distort the new growth and they really stunt it through their sucking action. So, oh. yeah, chilli thrips you may have and uh, yeah. you'll need to do a couple of different things for that. Um, there's a few sprays that you can use, uh, even like a white oil spray. Um, oh, yes. Like an oil spray is very good. Mm. You don't want to do that when it gets very hot. Uh, no. But this kind of temperature is fantastic, and um, yes, yeah, so I look up uh, chili thrips. I think Sabrina has a whole yeah, article on her website. Correct. So oh, I recommend going to Sabrina's website and having a look at the uh, the chili thrips story on there.
4: Right. Oh well, look. Um, uh, yes. I mean, they're not dead, but they just you know they're just stunted and sort of disappear. Um. Mm looking very strange. So I'll try
2: that. It'll take a bit of work, yes. It
1: sounds like it, yes. Thanks so much for your
2: help. Thank you. Uh,
1: you're very welcome, Julie. Thank you. Um, we've got a text here, Mark, that says, my magnolia trees have never recovered from the extreme heat last summer. Is there anything I can do to help them?
2: Well, now's the time to try and re, uh, regenerate a lot of those plants that uh, prefer a cool climate, and... Um, So I'm a big fan of uh, a a wetting agent, especially in our sandy uh, basundine soils, or sands, I'd rather. Um, So I'd use a wetting agent, and there are kind of liquid seaweed products, Mm -hmm. which help plants suffer, uh, recover from stress, and good time to fertilise now too, because they start to actively grow. So an actively growing plant will actually help be stronger and uh, resist the climatic changes a lot better. So same thing. Uh, it's a bit like slip, slop, slap. If you get prepared, uh, you can get yourself ready for summer. So I'd do that.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Reg in Darlington, I think this is for you. It says, good morning, garden guy, which Ooh, I think that's you, Mark. Could be me. <laughs> I've managed to kill off two, in quotation marks, indestructible ZZ plants. Uh, the third is now looking poorly, browning and yellowing. Can you offer any help to poor Reg?
2: Okay. Generally, they're pretty tough. you know?
1: <laughs> uh, Reg, it's all right. For I could else, kill them. Every, I could
2: kill them. Everybody else in the world. <laughs> but um, the things that will kill them off is a bit of extra love. So if they do get too much water, normally we keep them as pot plants, right, the ZZ plant. Uh, it's called Zamiocallus. And they can suffer, especially during winter when it's a bit colder, if they're too wet. Mm-hmm. Um, they can rot away easily. Uh, so I would probably ease up on the watering, if anything, especially over okay. winter. Uh, going into summer, it's a different story, but um, if you kill them off in the, over the cooler months, that's what the cause is usually. Yep.
1: All right, there you go, Reg. Thank you. Uh, 1300 222 720, if you want to give us a call. We've got a couple of lines open. We're going to go to Jackie. She's out in Gidgegannup. Hey, Jackie.
0: Oh, good morning. I'm ringing up on behalf of my son and daughter-in-law who live in Kalaroo, And hello, Simon and Noah and and Amelia, if you're listening. Um, They planted slender weaver bamboo about two years ago along a narrow boundary. They wanted, you know, quick um, and efficient um, um, privacy. And it hasn't thrived. And some of it's gone very yellow. And they've. Quite keen to take it out, but could it be saved? And if it can't be saved, can you recommend something else? It does get a lot of wind. They're on a hill in Calaroo.
2: Yes. Okay, so the bamboos are really gross feeders, so you do need to make sure they've got plenty of water and fertiliser. And especially in Calaroo, the soil is a bit limey there, there near the beach. Um, so if the fertiliser hasn't been kept up to the plant, uh, that's why it's struggled in the past. And generally, to dig them out, you've got a bit of a job on your hands because they're such a, a uh, their root system, such a matted um, bunch of rhizomes. So good luck digging it out. I'm sure pieces will survive, and they can be transplanted. So if you've still got some live bits on the bamboo, um, it can be transplanted. Don't know how much how much width is there. Obviously, it's, a it's bit high, narrow. It-
0: it, it's quite narrow and my daughter-in-law thought of planting um, um, the cotton bush, but I think that might be a bit wide and it might also be a bit dark because their dining room faces this part of the garden and they've got quite a high neighbour on the other side.
2: Well, I think anything that you plant, will you'll need to trim. So as long as those cotton bushes, um, which is like a hibiscus, they yes. do trim very well. And they're very tough near the beach, so I would recommend that, but you're going to need to trim it.
0: They've got some already um, doing very well. It's just, do you think it would be a bit dark, you know, a bit overpowering?
2: Oh, it's hard for me to say without looking at the position, but. Would you
0: recommend something else?
2: Tall and skinny near the beach. Um, There are some lily pillies that will do the job too, Um, some native lily pillies quite hardy. Again, you'll have to trim them.
1: Mm. All right. Thanks, Jackie. Um, hopefully that helps your son and daughter-in-law. I think it was that you were um, ringing up to help out. Uh, Craig in Waddle Grow for sent us a text, which is just a comment, a bit of an observation. Uh, Craig says, for chilli-thrip control, people need to start seriously looking into soil improvement methods. Spraying alone will only make matters worse and will also put bees and other vital Insects at risk as well. Thank you, Craig. 20 past nine. Roots and shoots. Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. I just want to close out. Uh, We had a texter earlier today asking, if you were listening to the Mornings program, which was going statewide yesterday at 8.30, there was a man who had been in the passport line and at the passport office for some time uh, throughout this week after lodging his passport application 13 weeks ago and trying to get the passports to get on a plane to Bali or a family (laughs) holiday, this school holidays, um, tomorrow. And we do have confirmation that he did get his passports at midday yesterday. So I know there were a few people playing along at home, as we say, that were <laughs> hoping to hear how that all panned out. And, yes, we can confirm that he did manage to get those passports. And I suspect now they will be madly packing. He did say his wife wasn't even willing to start packing because she was so concerned the holiday wasn't going to come to fruition. But um, – they will now be packing and getting ready for their holiday to begin tomorrow. Mm, it's is... quite
2: quite an issue. Even a lady at work um, missed out on the trip because of the passport. Oh, so
1: them. frustrating. <clears throat> yeah, I, I did think when I was listening to it, I don't have a holiday booked, mm. but maybe <laughs> it might be, but then I realised I've still got four years, so I'd... I'd like to think I'm good for a while yet and don't have to do any renewing of passports. Anyway, this is Roots and Shoots. Mark Tuchek is with me in Sabrina Hahn's absence. If you've got a question for him, give us a call 1300 222 720. Uh, there's also plenty of texts and emails for us to get through. The text number 0437 922 720 and the email perthweekends at We'll get to a few of those emails in just a moment. Elizabeth wants to talk to us first, though. Hello, Elizabeth.
5: Hello. Um, I've just got a question about tomatoes. I'm growing a different variety, and it's a truss, I believe. Um, Do I take the side shoots out, or do I leave them?
2: Yeah, so truss tomatoes will need a lot of support. So initially, you want to encourage them up, so... uh, taking out any little side shoots um, initially but once they get to a height where uh, you'll need to stake them and you know support them then uh, you can actually leave those side shoots out and they'll actually they'll actually fruit very well um, on those lateral shoots. Beautiful thank you
1: that's all I wanted to know I will do that thank you good on you, Elizabeth. Thank you. Happy customer. Good job, Mark.
2: Nice.
1: Um, we've got an email here at perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Um, this is from Werner. Sabrina, uh, Sabrina, well, you've got Mark. Please can you tell me what's attacking this bush? Mark, have you got any idea looking at these photos, eh, what it is and what
2: my okay. Yeah. So the bush is a lily pilly mm-hmm. and uh, here's one I prepared earlier.
1: Oh, that's what it's meant to look like. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's Mark without. Mark check, as always, always brings us some flora into the studio <laughs> and he's got a beautiful vase. I'll again take a photo and put it up on my socials in just a tick. And you've got lily pilly there.
2: Yes. Uh, but this one's uh, resistant to that bug, which is called a psyllid and the psyllid's a little sap sucking bug which gets underneath the, the new growth of the leaves and sucks away and distorts new growth. Mm. So there's uh, quite a few lily pillies that are prone to this, and uh, kind of creeps up on you. It's almost
1: um, like an acne when uh, you look at it, it is. on the leaves. Yeah, the, yeah,
2: acne for plants. So yeah. <laughs> um, the best thing to do is again, really, if it just ignore it. Uh, I mean, it looks a little bit ugly. And but we always like things to look perfect, so there's nothing wrong with a bit of acne here and there. Um,
1: Will that it, spread to the other leaves?
2: No, because it, the older leaves um, are too hard and they're right. not susceptible to it. So if it really bugs you, you can trim it off again. And because you know this one obviously is trimmed quite a bit, mm. there are like white oil sprays available again, just to smother them. But uh, the birds like to get into them and pick them off too and things like that. No massive concern. I would just go with the flow, live with it. Yep, very
1: good. All right, we'll head back to our phones, 1300 222 720. We'll head to Mark first. He's in Coburn. Hey, Mark. Hello. Um, My question, Mark, is um, can I take cuttings from a
5: uh, mulberry tree? There's a lovely mulberry tree in my kids' uh, primary school and I'd love to... (laughs) Uh, Take a cutting and sort of keep it going to when they grow up and say it comes from their school that's been
2: there forever. Nice, yeah, definitely. They mulberries are really easy to propagate. So you want to take about a a pencil thickness or a a little finger thickness size branch. Um, Just take a few nodes. So the nodes are those where those little bumps along the stem where the leaves emerge, and you want at least. Uh, two below the ground So if you cut one just below the node And uh, one of just above on an angle And just pop it in some potting mix Keep it damp And uh, they, you can use a little bit of rooting hormone powder But generally they're pretty good at striking So easy, easy to do
5: Okay If I, I've got a, a small little um, hothouse Will that help it germinate better?
2: Oh, uh, not really No, uh, I wouldn't bother with a little hothouse for uh, a mulberry so they're just starting to shoot now. So get in quick and uh, you'll be fine. Okay,
3: great.
1: Thank you. Good on, you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. A text here from uh, James from Hilbert. Good morning, gardening gurus. I'm helping mates to uh, mate, to completely re-landscape his backyard to make it water-wise, native garden in a Japanese garden style. Our big question is, what do we have to get rid re- of? What do we have to do to get rid of the bloody kikuyu grass? Kikuyu. Kikuyu.
2: Yes, yeah. Okay, a bit of an issue. Because um, kikuyu is a suckling type of lawn or grass, yep. um, you really have to smother it and really effectively. And if you try and dig it out, you'll break off the little rhizomes and they'll just reshoot. So it's just a matter of smothering it until it's run out of energy and uh, those little rhizomes just rot away and smothering can be effective layers of cardboard or old carpet or things like that uh it's going to take some time to do that but uh yeah persevere with it and uh yeah you're onto a good thing with a a native japanese style garden so sounds good
1: excellent thank you james will be happy with that uh we're just about to go to Sab's Pick of the Week, but let's talk to Sue first. She's in Albany. Hey, Sue. Hi. How are you going? Good morning. Good. How can I, I help? Have a passion, I have a passion fruit
4: vine. It's the second year now. And was it second year? Yeah, second year. Second, no, third year. It's facing west, and it gets a little bit of um, wind from the south. It's facing east, sorry, and gets a wind from the southwest. Um, problem is that I've got no bees. So last year I had to go out and propagate them all myself and, and fertilise it all myself so I can get fruit off it. How do I attract the bees?
2: Oh, gosh. Did you make a little buzzing sound while you are doing it, Sue, <laughs> like with the little well, I had
4: a little brush? I had little wings on. Nice. To, to
2: <laughs> can you send some pictures in, please? Sarah? <laughs> um, yeah, so, well, it's really important to have bees and um, bee attracting plants. So I invite a lot, of, um, a lot of natives this time of the year, Um, Of course, you want them around um, while the plant is producing passion fruit flowers. Uh, There are things like uh, there's a a plant called bush basil, which is in the tucker bush range, which is a great pollinator plant. So it attracts a lot of um, local pollinators and bees and things like that into your garden. Uh, The grevilleas are very good to plant in your garden as well um, because they're always attracting bees. Um, I would just plant a lot more. Bee friendly plants, and there's quite a list of on of different websites which you can attract bees with um, because bees make the world go round. So, yeah, they
4: do. Well, I have bees out the front on the, my rosemary bushes, but they don't want to come around the back.
2: <laughs> All right, I <laughs> oh, will just plant a few more rosemary bushes around where the, the passion fruit is. But... I planted
4: some lavender. Is that any good? Lavender?
2: Lavender's pretty good too, yeah, not yeah, too bad. I've but... got
4: a couple of those in there. Yeah. I'll get some bush basil. That will
2: be nice. Yeah, bush basil it's called, and uh, it's a kind of plectranthus. But uh, a lot of the, the grevilleas, like uh, Rob and Gordon and things like that, they're always in flower. They're always attracting bees. Okay.
1: Look, well, thank you so much. No worries. Good on you, Sue. Thanks for giving us a call. We're going to go to Sab's pick of the week. But uh, if you want to jump in the queue to ask a question of Mark, then you can give, it, give Eb a call now, 1300 720. It is... That time again it is Sabrina's musical pick of the week pick, pick of the week
0: I, 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 I know you're gonna
4: dig
1: this. Here we go now
2: were you involved in this at all, Mark?
1: This I, is all Sab's work again?
2: She, she doesn't let me do it because I <laughs> always get good responses. Right, and I that's... think she's under the pump if I let if she lets me do it. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. She doesn't want the standard listed too high. I haven't listened to this song prior to playing it. Um, you know, a little bit, think, you know, she's, she's making us work a little bit too hard because she's picked a track with a duration of two minutes 38. So we barely get a break, but... Um, Just by the artists Don Diablo and Freak Fantastic, I'm a little scared. And then the song title is Stay Awake.
2: There we go. Just in case everyone's nodding off while I'm chatting to them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Combining all of this with the knowledge that Sabrina picked the song and I'm reluctantly going to hit play and hopefully in two and a half minutes' time all our listeners are still with us or just letting you know it's only two and a half minutes so you can come back okay <laughs> if you want to give us a call uh 1300 720 and of course the text number if you want to share your thoughts on the song or ask mark to check a question is 04379 720 but this week don diablo and freak fantastic this is sam's pick of the week it's called stay awake There you go. Stay awake. How many stars out of five do you give that Mark Tuchek?
2: Well, that was a bit unusual. I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. So it had a bit okay. of a beat to it. So good on you, Sabrina. Keeping us young. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We've got a great text here that says, I finally realised why Sabrina became a gardening guru. It was so she could have a radio program to play music on that no one else was willing to play. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it works. Uh, Annie and Chidlow says, where does she get these ideas from sometimes? We did have that conversation while the music was playing, just where Sab gets her music inspiration from, but, you know each to their own. And, and it wasn't offensive. She's she's played far worse on this program yeah. than that one. So we always welcome our listeners to give us their verdict to 0437922720. Uh, Alright, let's jump back into your calls if you want to give us a call. There's a couple of lines open, 130022720 720 but we're going to go to Jenny who's in Korean. Hey Jenny. Hi. Uh, quick question. Mm. Um, I've got kangaroo paws that the flower shoots are being eaten by something
5: and I don't know what it is and what I should do about
2: it. Okay so generally this time of the year anything kind of young and emerging is right um, it's quite attractive for all the critters that are waking up and uh, so that you get a few caterpillars and things like that that tend to uh, strike and then leave you know so by the time you notice them uh, they've been and gone um, if you if they're badly damaged, just give them a trim, and the kangaroo paws will send up a lot more shoots this time of year. Anyway, snails can get into the the crown as well, and they can actually nibble away on emerging flowers. So look out for them. But uh, yeah, I was wondering
5: mm-hmm. whether it was snails because I I haven't actually well I have seen a couple, but. Not in any number, but I thought it looks like snail damage. You know, they're just chewed off.
2: True. Yeah, they do a bit of work, a bit of damage at night too. So if mm-hmm. you, you can get out there in your, your slippers and your torch and hunt, hunt them down. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it'll it'll pass.
1: Okay. Great. Thank you. Good on you, Jenny. Thanks very much for giving us a call. Uh, Steve thinks it's only fair that the guest gardener gets to
2: choose a song. I know. But, I know. What's, you know. what's the story with that? Well, w-
1: we discussed earlier that perhaps, Mark, you outdid yourself when you were allowed that privilege yes. a couple of times. It's true. And now Sab needs to hold on to it. The thing about Sab is fair's not really her thing. She's, <laughs> she's not worried about fair. I know. Yeah. She's just going to hold on to her prerogative yeah. for, on her program to, you know, to pick the music, so we just all have to put up with it and have a bit of fun with it, and that's what we do. 1300-222-720 um, if you want to give us a call. Shirley did, but she hasn't stayed on the line. She's in Glen Forest, Mark, and she wants to know something she can put on her orange tree trunk to stop the rats. She's got nets over them, but what about the trunks?
2: So to stop the rats getting mm. up the tree? I would assume so. Oh, or are they nibbling on the, on the trunk? Don't know.
1: Not entirely sure. They're but, eating the oranges. Oh, because they're probably getting up the
2: tree. Getting up the tree. Oh, I'm sure you can get um, – well, I don't know how far the rats jump. So, mm. um, you know, normally you can get those um, like tree guards like made of metal that make it slippery for them so right. they can't actually get any traction. I don't know how long or you'd have to put them up the trunk to do that. The um, wretched things. The wretched things, are rats. So just put plenty of the rat traps around the joint. Uh, making sure that you're not putting them anywhere that little um, uh, quenders can get to. So yeah. that's really important. So yep,
1: um, another text. Uh <laughs> Reinforcing, I suppose uh, What we've said already The guest's music is always better than Sab's That's why she won't let them do it anymore <laughs> Okay,
2: we'll send her a recording of this podcast yeah, and so... oh, She'll
1: be listening yeah. She'll be listening for sure And she'll, she'll this will be delighting her That it's actually <laughs> annoying right. people And they're having their view on it Because that's just how our Sab is She likes to cause a stir um, Mel in Geraldton has sent us an email Perthweekends at your.abc.net.au uh, hi, Sabrina. You've got Mark, but that's okay. I have two Eureka lemon trees, which produce very large thick-skinned fruit. However, the skin is always a motley colour, unlike the colour of a normal lemon. And we've got photos here, Mark, which I'll show you in a sec. Is there an explanation for the discoloration, and also why the very thick skin? My wife tells me that I look after my fruit trees better than I look after her. So can you please offer me a solution as to why our lemons are like that, despite all of that
2: care? Oh, dear. Well, they're not the prettiest lemons, are they? It doesn't say much for the care he's giving his wife. You know, looking at these lemons. Oh, no. I a little right.
1: concerned for Mel's wife. I know. Now. We're
2: going to have to send somebody around and knock on the door. Um, okay, so the lemons, um, well, there's a few things. There's one bought in the shop to compare. Yep.
1: Very bright. Really, the,
2: small. at the end of the day, aren't you worried about what they like inside? If they're juicy enough inside... I really wouldn't worry about what they look like on the outside. They have been beaten around with the wind. Uh, that's a bit funny
1: of, that in Gerald.
2: <laughs> yeah, a bit of wind damage there. Um, the black stuff on it, obviously, that's they've had some scale there, right? And the scale has sucked away and produced this black sooty mould. And you get this, this this time of year with aphids as well. Um, so the black on the skin uh, is really superficial, but if they've got a thick skin and not much juice inside, it's usually fluctuating uh, watering, and especially in windy conditions. Um, lemon trees, uh, in the wind, they, the water's sucked out of the tree because they transpire, and they suck the water out of the, the fruit as it's developing, and they just cause them, cause them to become woody like that. So okay. constant watering. Don't worry about what the skin looks like so much. If, as long as the, the lemon's good. The lemon's good inside. And, uh, yeah, the one in the shop's been... Photoshopped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, don't worry about that. I had, Yeah. yeah it's like all the right. glossy magazines that we all aspire to. It doesn't happen. Yeah, you just want the good lemon.
1: All right. Beautiful. Thank you. Um, good luck, Mel. Good luck to your wife. Um, Ricky in Girawin, uh, re-invasive grass. Do you deal with cooch the same way as kikuyu?
2: Yes. Yeah, cooch. Uh, it's, it's a long drawn-out process to actually kill it off that way. Um, because as soon as you lift up the cardboard or the carpet, if there's any live stole on the stool there, it'll just go you beauty and, and keep going. So, yeah, you just have to keep it there until it just runs out of steam and just rots away. So keeping it uh, damp, hot and dark... Is the way to go
1: A couple of texts offering advice uh, regarding the rats Now Sandra says um, a particular type of chest rub That you use when you're sick on trees and fence lines Stops rats And apparently that's the advice Sabrina's given in the past So you could try that Um, Alex from Como says I've used a dog collar to prevent rats up my fig tree Around the trunk
2: Oh, okay Is that that one that sends out a a shock when it barks? Oh, I don't know Maybe
1: that would be an expensive way of doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's some options from our listeners. As always, we welcome your thoughts as well. If you've got a homemade recipe or a little trick um, that can help other listeners, nine double two seven twenty. It's coming up to 18 to 10. Let's head back to your calls, thirteen hundred triple 720. Of course, I've got Mark Tuchek with me today as Sabrina is uh, away Off doing one of her tours, I'm pretty sure. She should be back with us next week, but Mark's got plenty of good advice for you. So let's head to Sharon, who's in Mount Hawthorne. Hey, Sharon. Oh, good morning. Um, My uh,
4: Ilyari tree, or a red cap gum, is all the leaves, all of them, are just full of holes and they're falling off the tree in large numbers.
2: Okay. Uh, So... The red cap gum is Eucalyptus Aretha and is it very young? How how old is it?
4: No, it's old. Um, oh, years more than ten, I think.
2: Okay, and is it just is it starting to produce buds now or?
4: No, it usually does, but uh, not now. Just, mm. Yeah, so I, I googled it and I found what it looks like, but it didn't tell me what it was or what I could do.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, a bit hard to say without looking at the leaves. Um, mm. uh, if the plant's under stress, it'll actually drop the leaves and to produce new ones. Does it look like it's producing any new leaves at all?
4: No, not really. Just all the leaves are just full of holes and it looks very sad.
2: Okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not too sure, to tell you the truth. Um, okay. Usually they're pretty tough and they recover from any kind of pest attack very well. But um, have you done any earthworks around the tree or anything? Is it... No,
4: d- haven't d- done anything.
2: <laughs> nothing at all. Okay. Nope.
4: No, no. Um, yeah, they're just. No, I'm looking at them now. They're all, all over the ground, and they're f- like re- a lot of holes in each leaf.
2: Mm.
4: Yeah, a lot well, of holes, well, and it looks.
2: All hmm. I could suggest would be just to use. You could actually, if you use a little bit of um, slow-release fertilizer. Um, just to help the plant recover. And uh, that'll be the best option at the moment. But without seeing the holes in the leaves, it's a bit tricky. So that's the only thing I can offer.
1: No worries. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Sharon, for giving us a call. Uh, let's head to Cheryl, who's in Byford now. Good morning, Cheryl. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, yes, I, was, I have some
5: Stuart pea seeds, and uh, I've grown them successfully in uh, the real land of South Australia. Um, years ago, and I was just, I would like to try and plant them and grow
2: them here. Will they grow? They will grow. Uh, you'll need to wait till it warms up a little bit more. Uh, they love the heat, um, as long as you keep them moist initially while you're germinating the seeds. But uh, yeah, they love the hot weather, uh, full sun, and they need a free draining soil. So um, uh, yeah, probably starting from now, really, is a good time to actually start sowing the seeds. So There we go. Perfect. Good time to do it. Perfect timing for
1: Cheryl. Good luck with that. Uh, we'll head straight to Viola. She's wanting to talk about wildflowers. Hey, Viola. Uh, good morning, Mark. Um, I'm
3: travelling in my caravan out in the eastern part of WA, and I'm in Nungaran at the
2: moment. Nice. That's a lovely spot. And I
3: have collected a number of mulla mulla flowers and I think they are so beautiful yeah. and I'd like to know what I have to do with these flowers in order to propagate some plants for my garden.
2: Okay, so the mulla mulla is, a, it's a, it's called a telotus um, and did you just cut the flowers off without taking the plant or... Um, no,
5: I've just got the flower
2: heads. Yeah, so they may have not set seed yet, so you may have taken them a little bit prematurely. Um, usually they start to go over, so their nice purple fluffy flower starts to go over, goes a bit brown when they have start to develop seeds. So if you've just cut the flowers off, you may have cut them a bit prematurely. Of course, you can buy them in the nursery too, so if you get down to your local garden centre they should have um, mulla mulla flowers there
3: um if i put the mulla mulla flowers in a bag out in the sun for a while and they dry out can i then develop some seeds i can plant in the garden
2: Uh, only if they've set seed before you've uh, picked them which is a bit hard for me to say you know what stage you picked them at um does that make sense um, so, yeah, if you, so. Yeah. so if you've just cut the flowers off, uh, you may have cut them off before they've actually set the seeds. And so putting them in a brown bag, they'll just rot away and wither up and die and you won't have any seeds in there.
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the things you have to consider might uh, be one to
2: and of course, go to the nursery. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't do that while you were out in the bush because that's yes. a no-no. Yes. Uh, but if you're all, all, if all things fail, just get down to your local garden center and, uh, Hunt them down. That is an important point. We're not meant to. No. Any wildflowers, are we? Not really. No, yeah. even the ones on the side of the road. Yeah, because they're in, you know, road they're, they're not technically in the bush. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they've been graded. So, best to observe and mm-hmm. um, take a picture.
1: Yes. And then go to your nursery. Go to your nursery. <laughs> That's it. Oh, beautiful. All right. More of your calls 1300 720. on our way there. Do you know what this weed is?
2: Yes, unfortunately, that's a that's a wild lupin, and uh, yeah, you want to get rid of those, so pull them out as quickly as you see them, uh, because they're not useful.
1: Okay, beautiful. Thank you. That was in response to an inquiry on the email. I think it was another one from Werner, in fact, managed to sneak two in, um, and that uh, was a wild lupin? you said? Yes. Yep. Yeah. beautiful. All right, we'll come back to some more emails before the end of the show in about 12 minutes' time. Back to our callers. Let's go to Mel, who's in Safety Bay. Hey, Mel.
2: Hello. Hello.
4: Oh, I, I've just bought some natives uh, in tube stock and I planted them out in the garden. I uh, got them from a native nursery uh, for height and width. I just want to know how, how, how uh, much water do I have to
2: give them? Well, um, it's it's good to give them water to get them established, okay? So generally, if you're planting tube stock and you don't really want to do anything to them uh, to get them going, you want to do that early in the piece, like in autumn. Yeah. But if you're doing it now, of course, it's starting to dry out a lot quicker. So I would be hand-watering them occasionally through this first summer. And uh, if you get them through the first summer – then they should be be off and running, and start to look after themselves after that. So,
4: yeah, most of them are looking pretty good, but I'm just afraid I might be sort of flooding them when I when I water them. Do you just give them a casual sort of over the top sort of thing, or
2: yeah? And uh, if you do it irregularly, so they don't become dependent on you. So it doesn't matter if you flood them or not. Uh, as long as it drains away, and then you slowly wean them off, and they'll just toughen up.
4: Oh, that's great! Thanks very much, there.
2: Good on your mail. Few texts rolling through, just
1: reiterating that yes, it is in fact illegal to uh, collect or cut wildflowers. <laughs> so, just confirming we're not encouraging or endorsing that kind of behaviour. In fact, we're reminding you that it is illegal. So, please head to the nursery if you want to grow your own. Um, We've got an email here from John in Mount Lawley, Mark. Good morning, guys. Hope you can help me with my sorry-looking blueberry. I have two plants, Sunshine Blue, which is covered in flowers, leaves and young berries. They're on the right. And yep. the other is the Legacy variety, which is looking woeful. <laughs> they both get the same fertiliser, are next to each other, but entirely different results. The Legacy does fruit in early January. What do I need to do to get it looking a bit healthier?
2: Okay. So I lived in the same house as my brothers and sisters and my mum fed us the same stuff and I grew, you know, three inches taller than my brother. So, yeah, you can't say I treat them the same, therefore. They should, yeah. So every plant's individual. This one's in a pot and I suggest the potting mix on that one has actually deteriorated at the bottom of the pot. So Mm. you can see the potting mix level has dropped down from the top of the pot and whereas that one's nice and full. Yeah, yeah. And so what's happened at the bottom of that pot, it, um, it's gone wet and mushy and it's got uh, – there's no air in there. So the roots have deteriorated. And because the roots are deteriorated, the rest of the plant looks terrible. So the best thing to do would be to uh, pull it out now. If you want to keep it in the same pot, I'd remove all that potting mix in the bottom and put that in the garden – Fresh potting mix in the bottom, put it back in the pot and it should recover. Okay.
1: There we go. Good work. Good luck with that, John. Thanks very much. Um, roots and Shoots Read the lady with the eucalypt problem Holes in the leaves Deeperd has a tremendous biosecurity bioblitz on at the moment In the My Pest Guide reporter app Might be helpful to send the info through to them Jeanette has said Which it's, sounds
2: like good advice It's true Yeah the My Pest um, um, app guide is really good you, You've got any queries And just take a picture and some um, details mm. And send it off to uh, Deeperd And they'll send you a response It's a great service Pretty handy.
1: Um, It was a My Pest Guide reporter app, if you Mm. haven't downloaded it previously. Um, Rhonda's given us a call. She's in Mount Lawley. Hey, Rhonda. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. I'm needing some help, Mark. I'm wondering if I can take a
5: cutting of about three or four metres of a a fine bamboo my neighbour has growing and plant it in a trench to have a quick growing privacy screen on my back fence, which is falling into my neighbours and it's about to be developed into a unit right up on my backyard. So I want a I want a quick privacy fence.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, um, if you can actually get a knife and it just cut off a bit that's got roots on it already, that's a quick way. Okay. That's a quicker way to go. Uh um, yeah. You, I'll have to go and see Sean then. Yes, <laughs> okay. yes.
5: I'll so, ask access to his backyard to do that.
2: <laughs> just, um, yep, get in there with a knife, go commando, and uh, start chopping the, uh, uh, the little sections out. And, yeah, that's it. And they'll grow really quickly this time of the year. So, like I said oh, before, great. with bamboos, they're gross feeders, lots of water, fertilizer. And yep. uh, they'll just grow like the clappers.
5: Now, there is one issue, Mark, I've got Main's sewerage. This used to be a back lane at Mount Lawley, and they gave it the reclaimed back lane and took some of our front verge near mm-hmm. First Avenue. So I've got I've found Main's inspection point in cement in right up near that fence, so I've actually cleared the dirt away and left it open. And that's also why I thought bamboo, which is the other side, like the fence side, it's outside of the sewerage line, but it's near it. If they need to dig that up, they can just get through bamboo
2: and just waste it, can't they? They
5: can, yeah. They can dig it up Better themselves. than a tree, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I
1: thought. Great. Thank you for your help. Nice. No Good on you, Rhonda. Thank you. Another email coming through, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Good job, everyone, getting them through this morning. Plenty of emails and the photos are super helpful. Um, Robin would like some help with IDing this wildflower taken, the photo taken, not the flower, uh, near Newman
2: you know, familiar with that one? Oh, gosh, that looks familiar. <laughs> um, I should know. You know that, that it'll come to you at like one minute past ten. That's without it when doubt. I'm driving away. <laughs> uh, there's some homework for Sabrina. Oh, I do know that. That's I'll, all right. I'll come back to it. Yeah,
1: yeah. If it comes to you before we're off air, um, we will let Robin know. Otherwise, we will get back in touch, Robin, um, mm. with the details for that one. Uh, speaking of Robin, we've got Robin in Kawarum up. Hi, Robin.
0: Hi. How are you going? Good. Hello. Good. Yeah. I have uh, had two baronias: one pink, one, one purple. One. The pink one died. The purple one is absolutely beautiful in bloom, but it has now got some of the pink flowers on it. Is that normal?
2: Uh Probably what happens is as the flowers uh, age, or they do go a bit pinkish. So the purple one, there's one called Purple Jared. I've actually got that in my yard too. Mm -hmm. And if the plant becomes a little bit uh, stressed with the water, it loses that vibrant, um, it's really like a dark magenta colour. Yeah. So no, it wouldn't be the fact that it's crossing. It's just the fact that the the flowers are ageing and uh, just keep it damp.
0: N- nothing to worry about because I, I lost the pink one, so I wouldn't be losing this one.
2: No, not at all. don't think so. Okay. you only lose all them right. to yeah, lack of water when it gets hot and windy. Make yep. sure they don't dry out. As soon as they dry out, they are um, considered an annual.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for your help. No worries. Good on you, Robin. Thanks for giving us a call this morning. Uh, let's go to Louise, who's in Albany. Hey, Hi. Louise.
0: Oh, hi, um, Mark, can you put?
4: I've got a couple of 10 year old um, passion fruit vines that are, are ready to be taken out. Yes. Can I put new ones straight away back in there?
2: Uh, I would probably um, leave it for a spell and certainly put in some bags of organic uh, soil conditioner in that area and just leave it fallow for a little bit. Uh, that way, any uh, good bugs will. Get hold of the bad bugs that might be there uh, before you plant it in the same spot. So uh, if you do that, you'll have no troubles planting a little bit later.
5: So
4: what, leave it a month
2: or? I'd leave it a month. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, get, as you pull your old one out, put some bags of soil conditioner in, compost, any organic matter, that kind of thing, and uh, then you'll be right to plant in about a month.
1: Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Nice. Thank you, Louise. Um, Alex from Como has followed up, which is super helpful. Um, Alex made the suggestion about the dog collar oh, yes. to stop the rats. So Alex is just clarifying the dog collar that the vets use to stop them scratching their ears, so the dome.
2: Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah which yeah.
1: makes much more sense on how that would stop the rats. And similarly, Les has said, I've used an inverted plastic bucket with a hole cut for the trunk um, and slit cape- a slit cut taped up. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Same sort of
2: principle, I suppose. So,
1: there's another couple of options in addition to the vapor rub, which we heard as well, <laughs> there Mark. There we work. go.
2: You always feel sorry for the dogs where they've got those collars yeah, on. And, <laughs> totally. And, and now you'll feel sorry for your lemon tree and uh, for your <laughs> orange <laughs> Whatever tree. Whatever else oh, it I know. is you're
1: trying to protect. Um, Mark Claire has sent us a text on zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Hi, Mark. I love Geraldton wax, but each time I plant one, it dies. What does the wax and lepto Leptus,
2: Leptus yep. yeah, <laughs> like. Okay, so here's one I prepared earlier. Good job. Yes. Uh, okay, so uh, gelatin wax um, does suffer from uh, collar rot. So if you you plant it and you've got lots of mulch or sand up against the stem, um, that you know that can encourage ant activity and things like that, and they'll just keel over and die. Uh, a wetting agent is good. Occasionally, in summer, uh, to make sure because the the roots are, are quite fibrous, they do tend to make the soil underneath them water repellent, so I'd recommend a wetting agent. Leptospermums have a similar flower to right. the gelatin wax they 've got this myrtaceae, like five petaled flower, and really they 're tough as once you get them going so
3: okay.
2: really, just the trick is just baby them a little bit just to get them on their way, and then afterwards you know they're really don't have much care and this one doesn't get much care. (laughs) Um, On my verge, this one's called uh, Jambino Zest, which is the edible version. Mm -hmm. I think we talked about that before. And uh, just give it a trim after flowering and it's good to go.
1: Very good. One last one that we can squeeze in on the email. Maggie from Dun Craig. My Zamia palm is ailing. I've already lost several fronds, but more are turning brown, more quickly than normal. Any advice?
2: Uh, Where was this located? Dun Craig. Okay. Again, coastal sandy soils um, tend to make them a little bit deficient in a, a couple of trace elements, um, magnesium and something else. So there are some trace elements that you can apply in limey soils that uh, avoid this um, browning and distortion of the leaves. So good time to do it again this time of the year um, because they start to actively produce. And with Zamia palms, they'll put out new fronds very quickly uh, to replace the old fronds. So those ones won't recover, but the new ones coming through will if they're fertilised now. Okay.
1: Beautifully done, Mark Tuchek. Thank you. It's been fun.
2: It has. This is an ABC podcast.